Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Taylor Rapp, former Washington Husky defensive back, and you are tuned in to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. I got it. Welcome to episode 47 of the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. We're getting very close to episode 50 of the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. I am your uh, one of your three hosts, Charles Hammaker. Today we are uh, full. We have all three of us here today. We have Bennett and Omari here. Hello, my friends. Hello. Hello. Um, we're gonna we're gonna do a detour. Normally, we start off with the uh, Seahawk birdies, but um, in light of the news that took place um, over the weekend, we're gonna start off with our Seattle Mariners, which we might do more as we get into the summer. Mm. I mean, it makes more sense. It makes more sense priority wise. Um, well, I mean, Omari, better, Omari better loves get those, baseball. Better get those baseball. baseball pants on. Buffalo. Omari loves baseball so much. Um. He personally requested. He said, we need to talk more about baseball. Yeah, I said, yes, he called sir. me last night and said, Bennett, I need to fill you in on all the rules of baseball before we record tomorrow. And I said, thanks yeah, so I was much, Omari. I don't so know anything excited. about baseball. Nothing. And he said, basically, what it is, have you watched Fantastic Mr. Fox? I said, yeah. He said, you know how they play that game in Fantastic Mr. Fox? I said, yeah. He said, that's baseball. And I did, said, whoa. Uh, did he teach you about uh, his production that he was in, where he was uh, in a baseball, uh... <laughs> where he played Branch Rickey in yes. O'Day's 2014-2015 production of. This Jack is also Eden. true. So yeah, this is... all happened. Um, uh, yeah. But getting to business. Uh, over the weekend, I mean, if you lived under a rock, you wouldn't know this, but uh, Seahawks and Seahawks. Oh my God, Seattle Mariners uh, team president and CEO. Kevin Mather uh, in a call with the Bellevue Breakfast Rotary Club, very esteemed, mm. very well known. Uh, he made several <laughs> comments in a 45-minute video that was it, it was public on YouTube for a while, but it didn't make the rounds until Sunday. Uh, he stated that no matter what happened last year in the 2020 season, even if COVID cases had affected the team, they would have not brought up young players, uh, younger prospects, in order to avoid starting their service time clock. And effectively, what that means is. Uh, if you don't play these young prospects by a certain amount of time, then you're able to delay their free agency. And it's sort of, uh, as Ben and I talked about, it's not really against the rules. It's more of a thing that's frowned upon. And the uh, MLB Players Association for a long time has been fighting over this because it's a money thing. You know, teams can kind of get away with this. Um, but they never had, they've never had clear-cut proof of it happening. This is proof now. So good job, buddy. Very good job. Uh, he also he, he indicated several things. Uh, he indicated that Jared Kelenic, uh will be called up this season after a few weeks from the minors. This decision would delay his free agency. So, again, avoiding paying him. Um, and said the same thing about pros, pitch, pitching prospect Logan Gilbert. He said Kalanick will not commit beyond his free agent years. Uh, from what he said, the team offered him a six-year deal similar to what they offered Evan White. Uh, last year, but he basically turned it out and said he's going to bet on himself because he wants, he basically thinks that uh, into that contract, he would have been outperforming it um, and he's going to want more money. So, I mean, he's betting on himself, which is, you know, he, uh, Jared Kelly doesn't lack confidence. Uh, he said that he should have been in the majors. He wanted to be in the team last year. So, you know, um, just bet on himself. And he also said that uh, Logan Gilbert will be seen by mid-April as well. 
he complained about having to pay former Mariners pitcher Hisashi Wakuma's translator in his time here as a pitcher, as he's now a uh, pitching coach here. Uh, he also called Iwakuma's English terrible, which pretty pretty stupid. Um, he called prospect Julio Rodriguez loud, and his English is not tremendous. He said the team is trying to sign a second baseman as we speak. I like how we go from bad to not, you know. Um, he said that this is probably Kyle Seeger's last season as a Mariner. He also said that he was overpaid. Uh, Mathers would make a statement on Sunday night apologizing. Uh, he called it a lapse in judgment. He said he wants to repair the damage he has made. Um, the MLB PA Players Association ripped into Mather, uh, calling his comments highly disturbing and offensive. Um, and in a statement from John Stanton at 1 p.m. on Monday, he said that uh, Mather had resigned. Um, basically, I mean, Mather's comments were racist. They were, you know, they were just comments that nobody should make, let alone the executive of a major league baseball team. They were highly disrespectful to uh, Latin players and Japanese players. And just, it was insensitive. And overall, uh, Kevin Mather is somebody that should not uh, represent any sort of professional team. And quite honestly, I don't know if uh, he, he shouldn't have been, in the Mariners' statement, they were thankful. They said they were thankful for his time. I don't think those words should have been used. I think he should have been shown the door, um, and that should have been that. His comments were just completely not acceptable, and it's you know having him on the team, on the team, pardon me, in the organization uh, for years after he had been called into question on sexual conduct, uh, sexual allegation cases as well as other things, he should not have been part of this organization. So, yeah, uh, I think that's pretty clear cut. I mean, if there's no way you can defend this kind of stuff. Absolutely not. And if you do, I, I question your morality. Uh, so, you know, it's, uh, um, there's a lot of good people in this organization. Kyle Seeger is one of them. And to have him disrespected just doesn't make sense. Same with Iwakuma and Julio Rodriguez. Those are both guys that are well-liked. Uh, I think you mentioned it, Bennett, before we started this, you know, guys that were well-liked uh, and just, you know, it's just completely outrageous that this even happened, let alone to the W Breakfast Rotary Club, that this was such a hot stove for him to go and say these things. And then he wasn't held accountable by them. So, you know. Uh, and, you know, I just, I, there's a couple things that I want to point out because I think they're important to point out. And a lot of people will point out that, the way he's manipulating the free agent market, that that happens. It happens. We all know it happens. It's a good it's, no, but it does happen. It's one of the biggest like issues for the players' union right now. They file grievances up the Wahoo. They usually can't prove it. Um, so they kind of just move along with their lives. It's like, oh, well, we kept him down there. He had to work on his uh, base running or something. And it's a really actually good video by John Boy. I don't know if you guys know him. Uh, he does baseball breakdowns. are usually very funny. Uh, he also did a video on this where it kind of explained how that worked. And usually they come up with some BS to hide that under the rug, so on and so forth. But Kevin Mather thought that he should just say it outright because um, – why hide that you're scum? Uh, 
so yeah, that's a very scummy practice to begin with. It's manipulating money. It's it's nickel and diming players, and that's nothing new. We see it across every single major league sport. All the big four, you see it all the time. Now, I will say that saying it in so open terms shows that he's just an unabashed idiot who is greedy. But when we start to look at these comments about Iwakuma, about Rodriguez, about Seeger, and I, I will leave Rodriguez out of this for the time being just because I wanted to talk about uh, Iwakuma and Seeger. These guys are not only fans' favorites, but they are local... They're local sensations, honestly. Iwakuma, when he was around, he was like, I don't know, the second Mariner in the last 10 years to throw a no-hitter? Yes, I think outside of the com- the combined one. Outside of, yeah, and um, Kuma, yeah, Kuma threw the no-hitter. He's like the second Japanese player or something like that to throw a no-hitter. So he is a significant player not only in Seattle, but in, I don't know, uh, major league history. He joined, uh, let's see, Hideo Nomo. Um, so there's that. And Iwakuma, you know, you had the Kuma hats. You had – he wasn't never hit a bit so big as Paxton or or uh, Felix. Never had a section for him, but he was relatively popular. Popular enough that they brought him back. Mather even said they wanted him back because he thought – they thought he's a good uh, he's a good scout. They wanted him to be their uh, Japan scout, but instead he came on as a special assignment coach. So that's that's cool either way. Kyle Seeger, veteran player, huge leader, local hometown favorite. He's not from here, but he's been at for the he's been playing for the team for I think the better part of a decade, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's just a, he's a type of guy who's been here forever. He, it's cool he gets to coach the other guys up. I wish he would retire in a Seattle jersey, but I mean, if he has a couple more years in his tank and he doesn't want to stay here, uh, I don't mind that. Good for him. He could probably go to a different team and actually maybe make it to the playoffs and win a games beyond 500. Um, but these are two guys who are pretty central to the last couple years of success for the Mariners, if you want to say "quote unquote" success, and. Then you look at Rodriguez, who's a young spark plug player that could probably be a part of the Mariners' revival, whatever that looks like. We don't really know what it looks like yet, but and it, and certainly this complicates things with Kalanick, because Kalanick probably is going to get the hell out of here as soon as possible. I mean, you even know he is, because he said he's going to bet on himself uh, at the end of his contract here. So, I mean, just to alienate these players who are so core to what our organization has been is ridiculous and to do it bragging to a bunch of old guys in bellevue on a breakfast call what what are you doing why what story are you trying to sell here other than the fact that you're a racist and you're manipulating the free agent market and i'm kind of tired of people saying oh well you know, people say this type of stuff all the time. People get tired of paying the interpreters all the time. First off, if that's true, grow a pair. No, nah, I'm not going to say that. First off, that's true, buck up because that's part 
of having international players. They're going to feel more comfortable. They're going to play better when they're comfortable talking to the na- uh, local and national media. So why would you not have an interpreter for them? It's an expense. You pay that expense. Because you're going to contribute to your team, you'd think. Second off, you can't try. You can't normalize this. You can't normalize this. No. Because if you normalize this, then it, it sets a precedent that other people within the same organizations, not just the Mariners, but the MLB, can say the same type of crap and get away with it. And that's not the climate you want to raise. Uh, but I digress. This has been a long thing for me to talk about. Uh, but it, it is. It, 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 it's frustrating. And it's one of those things that answers some questions as to why has this organization struggled to get traction within the last 10 or 10, uh, 12 years? Um, no, I mean, like, well, the last 20 years, because we haven't been good since the early 2000s. So it, it certainly answers some questions. Yeah, no, it's it's been no secret that uh, a big part of the reason that this organization is uh, – I wouldn't necessarily say completely failed because, I mean, they had their, their cute little almost runs to the playoffs, but obviously they didn't work, you know. So, you know, just continued failure, yeah, I guess, would be a, in large part, and if you know the this organization we've been following them, you know that in large part has been the front office and the lack of, uh, you know, just quality. I mean, with guys like, I forgot his name, well, Howard Lincoln, one of them being uh, – in that front office has contributed to the failures of this team. So, you know, it's, it's, this should be um, a time that both we see the product on the field and the product from the organization change for the better. And I mean, it starts with getting rid of guys like that. I mean, it should have, they one, he shouldn't have been here in the first place. Uh, he should have been run a long time ago, but you know, it, it, it Removing these guys from the culture needs to happen because if you want a successful organization for years to come and not just a one or two year thing or some sort of minor spurt, you're going to want to have successful and uh, just quality people in that front office. And obviously, uh, Kevin Mather is not a quality person in any sort of uh, way or shape or form. So um, that is that. We're going to leave Kevin Mather in the past. Hopefully he can go have fun on the street somewhere. Um, the Mariners did sign reliever Ken Giles to a two-year deal. Uh, he will not pitch in the majors this season due to Tommy John surgery, but it's uh, it was an interesting deal. I know there was a lot of excitement uh, because of the way that this deal shaped out. But, um, I mean, more adding to the bullpen, and that, that's what they've been doing over, I mean, the last few months. Um, it's just kind of adding bullpen pieces, especially obviously with uh, James Paxton. So the only thing, the only comment that I liked from the only good comment that came from that is that they were looking for a second baseman. What that means, I don't know, but uh, I guess we'll see about that. Um, and then other baseball-related news, uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci had cautious optimism um, and saying that there will be fans in the stands for the 2021 MLB season. Um, as someone who kind of knows some stuff about this, considering something I do, um, I'm pretty sure that there will be. It just is a matter of when. Um, did uh, either of you want to have a shot in the dark prediction of when you think they're going to let? Because obviously it's going <laughs> to depend state by state. You know, sure. 
Um, and so I, I know that, well, something else that he said is that the, the Seahawks, he, the, the Mariners were following the Seahawks um, to see what they did with fans in the stands, because apparently the Seahawks tried to get fans in the stands for the playoff game against the Rams. And they were told, no, um, not a surprise. <laughs> no. So, I mean, you know, what, what do you think um, if you had to sh- pick a month in the season when we, we might see that? Well, okay. What day is opening day? Uh, it, it's, it's, it's uh, April. I think it's April 1st, huh? Yep. So April 1st, I think we could start seeing limited fans by summer. June, July, January, February, March, and April, May. Yeah. April and May, probably no fans. Oh, God. Can we cut that? Can we cut me not knowing the months? Anyways. Um, (laughs) You do 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 a little song there? I had to. Uh, I feel like April and May, yeah, that makes sense to me that not enough people will be vaccinated quite yet. But if you look at the way vaccinations are being rolled out and the projections that the government are loosely putting out, and I, I, did, I mean, it's there's politics there, and we're gonna not go into those. But I feel like, I feel like, yeah, June or July feels like a good target at latest end of July, because you also got to think about finances. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll want to start making their money. So oh, yeah, I'm sure they're and, like, hey, how's the soonest we can do this? Exactly, and I feel like the soonest is June. You could push for a late May opening. Um, socially distanced, of course, but it all depends on how they do the distance and how they do concessions, how they do the walkways, because the walkways, I mean, if mm. you've ever been to a baseball game, the, the walkways are always <laughs> crowded as hell. Um, you're bumping shoulders with the guy who's tossing peanuts or you're bumping shoulders with like fans or stuff like that. Bathrooms are another huge thing because there's such an influx. I mean, there's a lot of variables here that the more you talk about it, the more you kind of slide down the rabbit hole because um, bathrooms, think about how many people are in a bathroom at the end of a game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A couple dozen, honestly. Even even at the end of a game, like you said, with the concourse, those are they're packed up. Exactly. You're walking, and especially a game, I don't know, the Blue Jays come to town, all like yeah. half of Toronto shows up. Half so, of Canada. <laughs> Half of Canada goes to either like cheer on James Paxton or cheer on the Blue Jays. So I think that, <clears throat> um, pardon my voice, it's a little raspy, but I think you start looking at all those and there's just so much to figure out and so much to make sure that you can have distance there that I'm sure they have plans, especially for like the obvious stuff like concessions and concourse and seating. But some of these nitty gritty details especially crowds outside of the stadium. Think about walking down Occidental before a game. Again, it's always crowded. Even if it's a fairly small game, like we're playing, I don't know, the, the A's Orioles. for the 20th oh. time of the game uh, year, or the Orioles, who just don't exist. <laughs> um, they have a beautiful stadium over there. <laughs> I went there two years. Anyways, um, it's it's like, it, it, it gets interesting to think about because there's so many variables to play with and you don't exactly know how they're going to manage any of them, any of them. So I think June or July is a good date. It also matters on Washington state ordinances. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Omar, did you want to put a month on this? Yeah, no, I feel like that's so, 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 so early. I agree. I agree. I, I, you I'm have not a lot of faith. But I'm no, not saying I'm happy with about you. it. I feel like that you're probably right, but I feel like it should be like, I don't know, November? Yeah, and that, that's the offseason, of course. December. Baseball by then. They won't well, be playing I mean, baseball. Omari's got a point, though, because, like, I honestly no if that, were... i'm just talking like in general for sports, sports. Like, I oh like yeah, yeah people like in like november that why we that's playing like it near the, the end safest. of football yeah sorry keep going no that makes sense no but you're right like if we were playing the safest i feel like yeah it should definitely be later like maybe beginning of basketball season in the football mm-hmm. season I agree. For like, I feel like you're right though they're gonna force it and push it even though it oh, shouldn't yeah. be and it's, a, it's probably it's gonna be what Fitton said yeah, they want to so make up, quote unquote, make up their money. You know what I mean? So yeah, and it's know. finance, it's city economy. Like, there's a lot of people who work for the stadiums, both of them. Or like, like the bars that are around the stadiums. Like, oh yeah, it'll no, it'll be that's... huge for the commerce of the city, and I feel like that's why they'll push for it. And don't get me wrong, mm. I'm all for small business, and small businesses that are around the stadium certainly thrive when the games are happening and that's very good for the city and for small businesses. But also the people who benefit the most from it are guys like Kevin Mather and guys who own the Mariners yeah. organization. So that's the this, thing too, it's a double-edged sword with the businesses around it. That's, that's the thing too. A lot of Queen Anne since the Sonics have left have, has suffered right. because there's no Sonics, right. You know, so, um, uh, yeah, not having these games definitely hurts a lot of the areas um, around, like, you know, the Pyramid Brewing Company that's right across the street? Yeah. That it used to be. I mean, I think they were going to go out of business anyway, but I'm sure it didn't help when the pandemic hit because. Oh, I didn't uh, even know they went out of business. They, yeah, they wouldn't have. Uh, they wouldn't have had baseball, you know. So, uh, yeah, no, there's a lot of things that go into it, and I'm sure money is a big factor. So, I mean, I think, I think. I don't know. I think June's not a bad idea. It just it there's a lot of things that go into it. it's like how many people are they gonna let in? I've heard nine thousand. I'm just gonna yeah, give you I mean, inside scoop. I feel like that's <laughs> I've heard nine thousand. Just from think, someone, you know. Well around. I do have occupation with the stadium. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's just a, it's just you're one of those people that Kevin Mathers had to have the police escort to their no, cars. I didn't get that escort. I had to oh. I had to walk down the lovely Pioneer Square. Um it's 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 just a matter of time really, you know. They're just going like, Oh yeah, we need our money back. So open up. So Look at restaurants. Look at restaurants. I don't think it's I don't think it's safe necessarily for restaurants to be open i'm a I mean, big the hypocrite thing because i was like the vaccination rate and all that that uh, is true and and as that rises i think you'll see a lot of different things open up mm-hmm. but god we're still going through all this man crazy <laughs> we're getting up to a year uh, i it, we, we we are we're just about we're getting close about i think we're probably what three weeks away from lockdown anniversary two or three you yeah. know um, what was that day that the NBA stopped? That was the day it really felt like. Yeah, it was. That's when the brakes really got stopped. That's on, when it felt like. hit me. March I think 11. When the, uh, March I think 11. Also, when you look at the March Madness tournament getting canceled, that felt pretty big too. Oh yeah, they're like, yeah, none of that. Oh well, for that me, felt- you know what it was, and you t- you guys can 
appreciate this is uh, when Comic Con got canceled. I was like, no, that was oh. pretty heart shattering. My bad. Because um, they said August. And I don't know if you guys know me, I'm an actor. So when my show got canceled, Bennett was like, no. I was pretty upset by that. We all got sent home. So I was like, yeah, we got sent home. And I'm pretty sure like the next day Comic-Con got canceled. So I was already pretty numb. I was just like, Poor whatever, man. throw it all away. Throw it all away. Yeah. So, you know, um, it's, uh, I think, uh, uh, long story short, I think it's just a matter of time and yeah. finances will heavily impact that. Now we will get to the, the lesser team of the two, the Seattle Seahawks. I'm just kidding. God, so terrible um, to the, the C- CBS cited the Seahawks offseason needs as cornerback, outside linebacker. Oh, my God. I just what? read O-line as outside linebacker. Oh, okay. Offensive line. And, well, they also stated linebacker, which could be a case if KJ, KJ leaves. Yeah. Uh, and running back. How fun. We're, uh, another year where we're looking at running back. I get um, it. I think that that mostly makes sense to me. I think you're gonna. Yeah, I'd put I'd put running back over linebacker. Yeah, in my opinion. I mean, Jordan Brooks is probably. Yeah, because if KJ leaves, it's Jordan Brooks, and I'm. Not we really should bring back that. Uh, who's that? Malcolm white? Smith, Super yeah, Bowl MVP. Right. No, who's the white guy? <laughs> Cody Barton. Cody Barton. I think he's on the team. I think he's yeah. Um, he's, got, he's got a year left on his contract. Um, and then in terms of offseason needs, the NFL uh, had an article and they ranked the Seahawks 2020 draft class after a year as a B minus. Um, it's always kind of tough close. to uh, judge these things after a year because obviously sometimes guys don't start off right away. You know, uh, like uh, Daryl Taylor uh, wasn't able to get on the field this year, which, <laughs> which I was, was really excited really about Daryl Taylor. But he could still have an uh, impact. I'm still going to be optimistic about Daryl Taylor. Daryl, if you're listening, thank you, please. Daryl San. Um, <laughs> but we'll we'll pull up the list here. Uh, with the first rounder, they picked Jordan Brooks, which is obviously a pr- surprise, and some people still don't like it. But you know, we'll have to see mm, how that I, goes. I like it. I'm still we needed it. Yeah. Second round was uh, uh, Daryl Taylor San. Hey, let me finish. Okay. Uh, third round was Damian Lewis, which was probably my favorite pick. Um, Best pick by far. Which is weird is because I never get really excited about <laughs> offensive line picks. Uh, round Your four start. was Kobe Parkinson, which I don't know too much it's about. It's our tight end, Luke Wilson, too. Pretty much. He's got the same hair. Uh, running Other round four was DJ Dallas. I'm kind of mum. Round five was mm. Alton Robinson, who actually did play well in his time he got. Uh, round six was Freddie Swain, who did catch like four touchdowns, which wasn't bad uh, from a six rounder. Um, and then with the seventh round pick, they picked uh, tight end slash wide receiver turned defensive end Stephen Sullivan, who's now who a Carolina Panther. Yeah, no longer with the team. So um, we're gonna start off with Omari San. Uh, Omari, what <laughs> what what letter grade uh, after one year would you would you put on that draft class? Yeah, I agree. B B plus. Uh, I'm excited. I feel like DJ Dallas. I'm. I feel like he's gonna be something for the Seahawks. I got a feeling. Like, I got a feeling. I so, share your optimism like with him. I think he's he's gonna be a contributor. Okay. You know, I feel like we got some good core. Like we got. I feel like we got a few good drafts out of this class that are going to be really good for the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, especially with Jordan Brooks, I feel like he's going to be, especially if KJ leaves, he's really going to step up. So that's going to be exciting to see. But 
I don't know. It definitely could have been better. It also could have been worse. Uh, I feel like when it comes to the Strass class, it's not really about – we didn't really necessarily need them right away this year, like Jordan Brooks. So we didn't really get to see them brought to their full potential as much as we could have needed, mm. like, other players drafted. Sure. Who could have been drafted at different positions, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I think that Brooks' pick uh, was more of best available, I guess. But, you know, it is interesting to see that he was drafted there. Uh, Bennett? Um, I, I think <sighs> I'm, I'm gathering my thoughts, you see, <laughs> gathering them. So I think, yeah, B sounds right to me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say B minus. And the only reason I wouldn't say B minus is because Damian Lewis actually really showed out for the Hawks. Um, his pass pro was actually pretty, pretty darn good. And, um, He's kind of the prototypical, what we'd hope the prototypical Seahawks lineman is later on. Um, versatile in his protections. And, I mean, that's kind of what you want out of any O-lineman, but it feels like we're trying to start to establish our own brand of O-lineman. Uh, so that's good, and I hope we continue George that. Band? You know, I was going to talk about how athleticism <laughs> actually is part of it, and I was going to bring up George Fant. Like, the, and I think it's, I think it's a league-wide spread. But how you're not looking at the big turkey leg guys who just sit out there and don't move, mm. <laughs> because the way the defense is evolving in the NFL, you're not looking at a Snacks Harrison anymore. You're looking at an Aaron Donald, yeah. and you can't have 325 pound guy sitting out there at center you need a guy like Posick who can kind of move a little bit and maybe drop back a little bit and protect russell from guys like aaron donald and guys like oh goodness gracious i don't know geno atkins that's not a great example um geno was no slouch in his prime he was no slouch and he was pretty fast in his prime as well in his prime come on guys he's not Okay, he's well, not that bad. He's kind of old. Like, he's Gino getting up there in age. Well, I even think Vita Vea, dude's huge, but he's he's pretty oh, he's, quick he's off the line. Agile. Oh, Gino Atkins is only thirty-two. Oh, well. That's exactly. pretty old for that's pretty old for an NFL player. Yeah. Um, for an NFL player who's not, a, who's not a quarterback or a kicker. Or a kicker. Kickers be going forever. But... Cookers can play until they're fifty. Um, so you look at you look at him, and I think that's great. You look at. Uh, who's our first round pick? Jordan Brooks, who I think, like now, it kind of a forty chess move because if you lose KJ Wright, all of a sudden he's the most important player from that draft. Mm. Nah, maybe second important because I think Damian Lewis is still more important than him. Um, so he's gonna he's gonna show up, and I think a lot of people were cut. A lot of people on the Seahawks. Um, really started to look at him through roast into glasses, start talking about, oh, he's the second coming of Bobby Wagner. That's a little much. <laughs> That's a little, a little much. much. On his plate. Pump the gas a little bit, or pump the brakes a little bit. I, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't think you can start calling anybody that yet. But he is good, and I think he will continue to um, evolve. The only person I think I don't agree with either of you guys is DJ Dallas. <laughs> I'm not like we'll overly optimistic. And it's about funny because in earlier episodes, I was like, nah, this guy's going to be good. And next year, like, this wow. is why we don't Bennett really need Chris Carson. I'm 100% changing my tune. And it's simply because. All right, I'll text DJ. I'll tell him that. No, tell hold on. Said... Hold on. I'll tell him you said that. <laughs> the NFL running back market is very saturated. For now, real? should we be looking at somebody who's out of their prime? No. 
I don't know why we keep doing <clears> that. Todd Gurley. Yeah, I don't think we need Thomas can't keep his knees Gurley. The third. Um, the third. And for the third, it's the third half season he'll miss. Wow. I don't think we need him. No. But I don't think we need a guy like oh uh, Devonta Freeman. Oh my goodness. I you mean? know, you have no idea how much I was clenching when he was on the free agency all of a sudden. Because I was like, God, that's the Seahawks. That's that has a, a stupid Seahawks free agent signing written all over it. Because we've done it before. We did it with who was number twenty two for the Bills? Fred Jackson. Uh, Fred Jackson. Yeah. Fred Jackson. Uh that was weird. That's very weird to think about him now. Retired as a Seahawk. Seahawk great. Fred yeah. Jackson. Yeah, Seahawk great. Uh Devin Hester. Seahawk great. Brandon Terrell Marshall. Owens. Seahawks great. Jerry Rice. Seahawk great. Terrell Owens. It's like so many Randall. have just been like, I'm not playing football anymore. The Seahawks were like, but what if we gave you way too much money? And Frank they were Harris. like, I'm there. Uh almost Randy Moss. Um, so it's just Wait, like Jerry Rice retired as a Seahawk. I'm so confused. <laughs> I don't. I don't think he retired as a. I think he played for the Bears for like 20 minutes. But like, <laughs> we've had so many players after they've been good for no reason. Yeah, and it's just mind-boggling. And it's like we don't need that. Let me finish this up because this is a stupidly long thing. Oh, he was uh, on a practice squad with the Broncos in the 2005. Broncos. Oh God, it's wild to think that Jerry Rice was still in the league in 2005. Um, but I think I just what I what I'm trying to say is DJ Dallas might not be the future if we can get somebody the free agency. Yeah. Do we have the money to do that next year? No. Do we have the money to do that the year after that? Maybe we'll see. And if it ends up being DJ Dallas and Carlos Hyde show, uh, whatever. I would not whatever. be surprised to uh, see them draft somebody in the later rounds at running back. I would. Which would piss me off. Okay, we're gonna have to put you in the breakout room, Bennett. Oh man. Um. So yeah, I mean, I, I think I'd agree with that. Uh, with the pick, the, the the rating they gave. I think for now it's a B, but obviously, I mean, at a later point, you have to revisit this kind of stuff. Um. Left guard Mikey Potty retired. Uh, he spent two years of his illustrious 11-year career with Seattle. Seahawks, great. He, uh, he spent most of his beginning of his career with – oh, did he – he started off with the 49ers, and then he went to the Cardinals, and he went to Seattle. He was just missing the Rams. I guess he decided he didn't want to complete the NFC West, uh, the NFC West gauntlet. He said, nah, I'm good. I went to the good teams. I mean, he, he always seemed like a good guy. And from what I've seen from the players, he was a, he was a positive influence in the locker room, but you know, just, uh, I think he retired because of those neck injuries. Yeah. So, you know, uh, it's just, it's even more of a, you can't be like Pete Carroll can't be like, okay, Mikey potty coming back another year. <laughs> Uh, it, it, that just puts more pressure on to say, okay, you have to go get a real left guard now. Okay. Um, speaking of free agency, uh, Bennett did predict this. Uh, the Seahawks are expected to make a run at free agent tight end Janu Smith. It's got a very interesting name, um, which is interesting because I believe when we did our little free agency outlook a few weeks ago, I think. Yeah, was it was that when you mentioned his name, Bennett? Yeah, I mentioned him at the at, at our end of season roundup. Mm. So the first time I said we should get a tight end, I said Jadu Smith, and then the next week I said we should get a tight end, I said somebody else. Because apparently <laughs> Jadu Smith was looking like he was gonna re-sign with the Titans, but now not so much. It's it's interesting because he's not a Greg Olson, he's not, you know, getting ready for his retirement home. 
Um, I mean, he's young at that, young and athletic, which isn't a horrible thing, but it's like, okay, buddy, we have to, we have to sign some old linemen. We, we're probably going to need another cornerback. True. We have no money. True. So how do you plan to do this? Uh, so, we... I mean, I'm not opposed to adding him to the team, but I don't know how you're going to make it happen. Well, let's see. Does Tennessee have an MLB, MLB team? No. <laughs> Can we trade the Seattle hey, Mariners? Hey, hey. <laughs> to, to All right, Tennessee? guys. New announcement. Bennett Buckholz has been kicked off the podcast. Um, He's now being replaced by a squirrel. Um, yeah, no, I it, it, I mean, it sounds cool, but <laughs> I don't know how you're going to afford it. Yeah, it does sound good. It sounds like something that'd be really cool in concept because Johnny Smith, as I think I revealed by saying he's my dream pickup for the Seahawks on offense, uh, is a great pass catcher and he's a good blocking tight end. Um, very akin to like Mark Andrews for the Ravens. Uh, both those guys would be cool pickups. I don't think we really need a tight end, though. No. I'm, cha- I'm changing my tune because I, I just didn't really have great research uh, back then. You're flippy floppy today. I very much am because <laughs> protecting Russell is number one. Tight end does matter at that position because the D-end p- position can wreak havoc if you don't have a good blocking tight end. But that's really the run game. So... I mean, it's not like he's had an illustrious career. He's been in the league for four years. Uh, his high, his best year came last year. He had 448 yards and eight TDs. That's, uh, to be fair, he's also been playing behind Delaney Walker. Wait a minute. Oh. Hold on. When was Delaney Walker? Because he's been there with them since 2017. And Delaney Walker. Oh, you're right. I 19, forgot I about that. Boo. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and I mean, plus, I mean, they've got Derrick Henry, so, you know, yeah. but it, it's, it's, it's an interesting prospect, but at the end of the day, it's like, how are you going to do this? Um, and it's just interesting reading that rumor, this, oh, they're going to make a run for him. I'm like, okay, it'd be really nice to see you make a run for a good old lineman now, wouldn't it? But we'll, uh, we'll see. And like, like we've said for several weeks, this is very, this is a very important, um, off season. So, uh, well, let's keep it moving. Uh, it was reported via NFL Network that the Seahawks have had a third of the league contact them about Russell Wilson, and the teams believe the minimum price needed for him is three first-round picks. So you have to come and say, okay, we have three first-round picks. That's like their entry fee even, <laughs> to even talk about it. So, again, I'm not entertaining any Russell Wilson trade thoughts. So if nope. you think I am, you can – the door. You Whoop. can go. You can leave. Um, and then last piece – of our gridiron friends, uh, KJ Wright stated that he will not take a hometown discount with Seattle, uh, despite wanting to remain with the franchise. Uh, he states that he does way too much on the football field, which I agree with. It's just, um, like I said, we have no money. Um, so just, just, uh, just, uh, just because I think we're running a little bit long here. Um, yes or no. Do you think KJ will be back with the team next year? And because uh, we had Bennett talk about John Smith, I will uh, let Omari take this one first and then have Bennett go after that. Uh, Omari, what do you think about our friend Spider-Man? No, you're saying no? No, No, Spider-Man. Sadly, I feel like we're uh, not being really too. It makes me sad when I think about it. So it's going to make me more sad to talk about it. (laughs) 
we're on our, our descent downwards. Like, I feel like we're about to be the Dolphins a few years ago. Like, we're going to sign Ryan Fitzpatrick. Sad. Sign Ryan Fitzpatrick. Hey, it's just like, it's just well, like, I don't, I don't see like, that, I don't know, man. Our hey, decision making. If we become I the Dolphins and get Miles Gaskin, it will be worth it. <laughs> uh, wow. Mm, no comment on that one. I that would like Miles on this. Lionel Gaskin is better than DJ Dallas, and you cannot. Oh yeah, he is. Even argue that. Oh no, for sure. Miles Gaskin might be better than Carlos Hyde. We don't accept Miles slander on this podcast. If there's Miles, no, Hyde, never. You off. All right. Any of the Miles. Bennett. Miles Taliaferro. Miles Gasecki. Oh, I was saying Miles Gasecki. I don't even. He's His there's Mike. Mike. Is that real? Is it Mike? Yes, it's Mike. <laughs> I thought the it was white Miles. guy. Oh, the white guy can have a okay. name Miles. <laughs> How many white guys do you know named Miles? A couple. Oh, mm, like yeah, I know we're black ones, but I don't know. All right, know. that's Let's true. Let's walk away from this conversation. Let's walk away from this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Bennett. Your thoughts? Yes, no. No, I mean. Oh uh, no, wow! Double no, not. double I, negative. I really wish we could. Two like no's, Omar. make a yes. Um, Omari, oh. I don't agree that we're on our way down. I think the Seahawks window is still open for maybe five years, as long it's, as you've got Russell Wilson, dude. Yeah. I, I got. I say. mean, it just depends though what you do with these. This It'd be season. so sad if you just lose Russ. <laughs> I'll be so hard. I'll It'll quit. Be... I'll quit. I'll take my Sell the I'll take my talents to another team for a couple of years and come back when we have something else. Might That's not watch, true. Might just watch the Dolphins. Uh, might just watch the Dolphins until Miles moves to the Seahawks because we all know it's going to happen eventually. Uh, I just wonder how Tua does. Hmm. We're not a Dolphins podcast. We're not a Dolphins podcast. Uh, no, not, but we could be. No, no we could. We could be. Uh, so yeah, I just don't think he comes back. So we will have to see about that. I mean, when's is it? Oh yeah, the drafts later on. So and extensions are due March fifteenth. So I mean, oh yeah. So we'll. Oh, this is that's so crucial. Oh my goodness. Um. So yeah, we'll we'll kind of start to see some outlooks. We'll we'll see things happening pretty soon here. Um. So we shall move on to our Seattle Sounders. There's no actual news relating to the Sounders necessarily. Just uh. Jordan Morris is on loan with Swansea, and he got injured in their game against Huddersfield. Ooh, that oh, sucks. Uh, it's a knee injury, and the Swansea coach initially stated that it doesn't look good, and it was reported uh, over the weekend that Morris had an injury that will end his season. So, I mean, that always sucks. Uh, any season-ending injury always sucks. Uh, but, you know, Jordan was obviously taking his talents over across the pond uh, and trying to – you know, playing those European leagues, which are much bigger and more talented than the MLS. And, I mean, just to see that happen is pretty terrible. So all the best of him in recovery, and I hope, you know, that goes quickly. I mean, well, smoothly and quick. Um, no storm news, quiet. No Sonics news, sad face. No Kraken news, quiet. Uh, no Dragons news, 2022. Um, the... Only oh well this isn't even oh before we get into UW stuff uh, I think it's very important that considering where we went to high school we mentioned our friend of ours uh, No Williams scored forty points against uh, Stanford right yeah Stanford Stanford forty points in a college game God Noah's been uh, it just seems like he's getting better every week and and he won uh, 
was it NCAA basketball uh, player of the week? Or I don't remember what it was. Yeah, player NCAA of the week. basketball player of the week. So, you know, Noah's been showing out just about, you know, the past few weeks and even last season. So, you know, uh, big shout out to Noah. Uh, Omari always likes to <laughs> tell me about uh, Cougar basketball doing better than UW basketball. And they have, you know. So, uh, Hate to they see did it. lose their last game against us. So that, that's my small victory. But, you know, mm. all, all things aside, uh, big shouts to Noah, and it's 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 really cool to see. I mean, forty points, dude, in a college game. That's that's pretty cool. So, um, getting into NCAA stuff for us, uh, the NCAA extended its recruiting dead period for all sports through May thirty first, uh, which continues the ban on in person recruiting since last March. Which is interesting just to see. Uh, I mean, I didn't know that that ban was a thing, but I mean, it makes sense. Uh. So it's just interesting to see how recruiting happens in a pandemic like this. Um, okay, now we go through the UW sports news. I don't think anybody uh, on this podcast besides me cares about it. Uh, the men lost to Stanford 79-61. Oh, my God. Uh, and they beat Cal 62-51. to uh, Quade Green had 17 points. Uh, Jamal Bay led with nine rebounds. And Marcus Sahonis led with four assists in that win. We're not going to talk about that loss. Quiet. Uh, the team sits at five and seventeen, which exceeded my expectations. Uh, and they're still eleventh in the Pac-12, so there's still somebody who sucks worse than us, which is kind of surprising. Uh, that's a good question. Let's find out. Um, men's basketball standings. Well, and they will take on. While I'm looking this up, um, I'm, uh, oop, oh no, I went to Pac-12 and it gave me Big East. That's not what I want. Uh, Cal. Cal is three and fifteen. Ugh. Um, they will take on, they will go on the road to Arizona to face Arizona state on the 23rd and the 25th. And then on February 27th, they will play at Arizona. So a little Arizona trip for the Huskies. The women uh, beat Utah 70 to 61. Haley Van Dyke led with 22 points. Quinn Miller had 10 rebounds and Tamaya sadly Sadler. Wait. Yes. Uh, led with five assists uh, versus Colorado. They lost. 55 to 50 to Maya Sadler led uh, points and assists with 17 and three respectively. And Quinn Miller had eight rebounds. Uh, the team sits at five and 11 sad uh, 11th in the pack 12. So somebody is worse than the women's team as well. And their upcoming game is the 28th at Washington state. The baseball team didn't have a good week. Um, they played against UC Irvine three times on the 20th, the 21st and the 22nd. And they lost four to five, four to five and one to three. So they get the cone of shame for the week. Um, really? Not the Mariners? <laughs> oh, they get the second not cone. Not the Mariners. That's one like that's. They get the second the cone of the week. Um, wow. Two baseball teams getting cones of the week. That's terrible. Uh, looking ahead, they will play February 26th, 27th, and 28th, as well as March 1st versus UTRGV. I have no idea who University that is. of the really good villains. It sounds like something out of a bad comic book. Villain. <laughs> I gotta think of a VI. Um, the softball team, the pride and joy of this Huskies uh, college right now. Schmacked. Versus Brigham Young, they won four to one. Sis Bates was the player of the game with three hits and two RBIs. They lost in Nevada, said five to eight. Uh, Bailey Klingler was the player of the game there with two hits, two runs, and one RBI. And when I say player of the game, this is like my choice. They don't have like a clear, they don't state player of the game. This is just who I think had the best performance. <sighs> Uh, Dixie State won nine. They burst. They beat Dixie State nine to nothing uh, in a five game, five inning mercy rule. 
Sam, Sammy Reynolds had two hits, two runs, and one base on balls. Versus Utah State, they won 10-1, to five-state, five-inning mercy rule. Morgan Flores had three hits, seven RBIs, and one run. And those three hits were a double, a triple, and a homer. So she got a, she could hit a hit uh, the cycle. cycle there. Um, and then in Utah Valley, they played Utah Valley, which is I don't know where Utah Valley is. They won seventeen nothing uh, via five inning mercy rule. And Jade Jadelyn Alchin had four hits, six RBIs, and three runs. Uh, and three of those hits where she had a double and two homers. So, you know, the women are taking care of business. I don't know what the basketball teams are doing. I don't know what the, you know, don't know what's going on there. Uh, the softball team's ranked number two in the nation right now, and they will play San Diego State twice, uh, twice on the 26th. Uh, they will play them also on the 27th and then twice on the 28th. So weird how that baseball stuff works. Uh, the soccer team, the men's team, lost Oregon State one to two. Uh, they're still ranked number eight in the NCAA. I don't know how that works. Uh, they also get they get the third cone of shame. Uh, and they play the 27th of February at Cal. The women's team won versus Seattle Pacific 2 to nothing. Uh, the double player of the game would go to Mary Johnson and Amir Hassan for those goals. Very good. Uh, the team is ranked 22nd in the NCAA, and they will face Colorado on the 26th as well as the 28th. And then volleyball. Volleyball traveled to Rocky, Colorado to play the Buffaloes, and they won 3-2 and 3-0. Uh, I'm not going to get involved with the volleyball statistics. That's too much of a – I don't want to screw up that badly. They're still ranked number 10 in the NCAA, and they will play on the 25th versus Utah and the 27th. Ooh, okay, speed round. That is episode 47. Um, I always hate having to go through and read the – stupid stuff that people do sometimes like, come on you know <laughs> kevin mather what an idiot so you know um and if we're gonna gone. look at lighter terms i mean the 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 manners are heading down to spring training and i think that oh shoot they should have uh position players down there uh if not already uh pretty soon uh cx are slated to hit free agency pretty soon uh within a month the sounders will have started uh preseason the Storm are still going through – oh, no. I think they should be gearing up for the draft. Um, 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 let's see. Sonics, I mean, we're still kind of waiting. We're going to probably be waiting uh, at least another couple of years to get the team back officially. But, you know, um, the Kraken, we should be looking at a – ooh, there was some – there was a coach who stated he'd be interesting to interested in coaching the team. So, you know. It's uh, it's still the dead period of the year. I mean, if you are kind of familiar with sports, you kind of know that uh, depending on what sports you follow, February and January are kind of dead periods. So, you know, we're still doing our best. Um, this week, if I am correct, Bennett, you can stop me if I'm wrong. <laughs> we should have a – oh, wait. Is it this week? Yeah, it's this week. This oh. this, this Friday. This Friday. Uh, do you have a time, or are you just kind of release it on Friday? Uh, Friday, usually at around 6 p.m. And 6 p.m., we've got the I've Got Bad a Feeling about this. I believe we're doing – are we doing Revenge of the Sith this week? Doing Revenge of the Sith this week, baby. The only good prequel movie. Um, don't get butthurt if I upset you. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of it. I'm not going to make the mistake I always do. Uh, we will be back on Tuesday, the 2nd of March. So oh, my God. Here. Hey, we, we went through this whole episode. We didn't, we didn't say any swears. Not don't, explicit. Don't do it. Holy. Okay. 
Uh, I was hoping you'd do a cool thing where you'd stop recording right there. <laughs> can we, can we, I thought you stopped recording. Can we, can we do I'm not going to lie to you. Can we, can we, recording. All right, do it again. Do can it we again. take a take two? All right, let me try this whole bit. We didn't, we didn't swear this whole week. Uh, no, we don't have to do the explicit ah, thing. Ah, shit, for real? Baba Booey.